I'm Nick. I'm Sadie's. And this is the Letters to Podcast. And today we're joined by a special guest, Dan Carlin. Hello, Dan. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having welcome me. Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. Now, Dan is someone that the three of us know from our mutual workplace that we never name. It's the workplace that shall not be named. Exactly. It is it is um, the Boulder Motor Tech Companies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dan is a radio host and or a host. I see I always see you hosting all types of events when you post on Instagram. And you also have a new project coming up. So just Tell, us, tell everyone a little bit, a little bit about yourself, Dave. Uh, yeah. I mean, I am a, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. I have been running a podcast since 2016 by the name of Soul Radio. Uh, garnered some guests that it most certainly does not deserve. Uh, I, I've been very lucky in that regard. Uh, that podcast is actually moving to the BTSN Pass network uh this coming january you can find that on roku wow uh fire stick has an app android has an app i think we're moving to uh ios as well so stay tuned for that shit and uh, can i curse is that okay yes you can yes we encourage it our guests always ask that if they can do that (laughs) like this is a safe space it's a common courtesy like my guests on my show would ask i'm like i wasn't aware that that was even a thing that people thought about but yeah sure have at it be yourself (laughs) and uh paulie's cafe the mobile cafe and food truck uh opening probably june or july of next year i'm looking forward to that so am i i love a good i love food so i'm gonna definitely have to try it out major foodie so i can't wait I knew I was a foodie when, you know, I realized I liked Mountain Dew and Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> you like both? I've never heard someone say you like both before. I mean, I just can't tell the difference. So I think that really has something to do with it. I like, I, I hate them both equally, so I wouldn't know either. They're, they're both bad, in my opinion. I've never tried Diet, but I've always, I did like, like regular Mountain Dew, but it's been a long time since I've had it. Yeah, the only clear soda I drink is Sierra Mist. You don't drink Sprite? Nope. Or Seven Up. Or ginger ale? That's different. Yeah, that's not that's soda. Medicine. That's not that's soda. That's medicine. You ever at least like put some grenadine in it and make a kitty cocktail and pretend to be sufficient? Yes, I used to. Yes. I used to do um, ginger ale with cranberry juice, mm-hmm. and and I was drinking. Um, uh, Cosmopolitan when I watch Sex in the City with my granny. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> you had to make it gay. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Hey, listeners, Letters 2 just opened their brand new merch store. We have a lot of amazing, cool designs, including socks and beanies and some neat limited edition tees. So go shop now while supplies last. The link for the store being a description. But you mentioned you mentioned guests on your on your your show. I saw that you had Ice T. I did. The legendary rapper and and actor. How did that happen? Well, see what had happened was, 
Um, so I uh, covered this convention back in late 2019. It was uh, entitled Sopranos Con. And so it was, you know, the cast of the HBO drama, The Sopranos, with a bunch of, uh, which I know, Nick, you haven't watched yet, and you need to get on that. That's my goal for this this season. You gotta let me know. You gotta <laughs> let me know. So I, I covered that convention. I wound up doing well enough where they wanted to make me a uh, quote-unquote media partner for their next one, which was just supposed to be like a blanket convention for mob movies. It was going to be Mob Movie Con, and it was supposed to happen in April of 2020. So naturally that did not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and uh, you know, earlier this year, we ended up setting a new date for uh, the beginning of next year. And so the MC, like the, the ambassador for the convention happened to be Ice-T. And so I wound up, you know, getting in touch with his people. Um, I happen to know one of the DJs over at Shade 45, uh, Rude Judy does the afternoon show. And I, I wound up letting the convention people know, like, hey, I can get him on this show and I can get him to plug the convention. And it's going to garner in more ticket sales. But if I can bro- successfully broker this shit, he has to do my show too. Which mm-hmm. has maybe like 60 listens an episode and he's going to have to put up with it. And they were just like, okay. And it wound up happening and they wound up holding up their end of the bargain. And I got to got to have a 30-minute conversation with a guy who, very, very nice individual, which isn't something you might expect at this point. But he's also very much in the same realm as like Snoop Dogg and Mike Tyson and Michael Bolton, where mm-hmm. they're not really famous for the thing they were originally famous for anymore. They're just like people who are famous for being themselves on TV. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because I know I've seen you to be a rapper. I can't tell you not one Ice T song, but I love, I've seen every season of SVU. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. oh, he's great. He's great. And, you know, he was on the Comedy Central roast back in the day. And, uh, you know, he's oh, yeah, in, I, I did see him in that. He's in a metal group called Body Count, which did that famous song, Cop Killer, that got in trouble back in, like, the mm-hmm. late 80s, early 90s. And uh, Body Count yeah, oh, wow. scores at yeah. festivals just because, you know, he likes playing with them and he fucking feels like it. And I, I remember I told my mother, like, you know, I'm interviewing Ice-T later today. She's like, you should ask him about the Car Shield commercials because I just saw him in one. I'm like, okay, I'll bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I saw him in the commercial. You should, you should ask him about that. I'm like, thanks, Mom. Appreciate it. That's it. That's crazy, though, getting to interview Ice-T. I, I probably would have been nervous the entire time, but... It, the fact that you were able to pull all of that off is amazing. I the yeah I I don't get starstruck any like they're just people at the end of the the only person I've truly like shit myself when I met was Michael Jordan and that's because I wasn't expecting it to happen. How that happened? Uh, this was like a decade ago. I was uh, a bartender at this country club out in uh, Itasca. And where he happened to be a member and, you know, dude would just like come in to play golf sometimes. And I was in the you know receiving area, just grabbing some liquor for a wedding we were setting up for. And he happened to come through and I was crouched down. With, and I'm, I'm with this like big Mexican dude named uh, Alex. 
And I hear, uh, I hear Alex, like, while I'm preparing, being like, hello, Michael. And Michael Jordan goes, hola, like, enunciated H, which, honestly, I expected better from him. <laughs> I look up, and, like, there he is in the flesh, and uh, I make this noise at him when trying to say hi. <laughs> and uh, he laughed at me and, like, walked away. It was a little disappointing because, uh, you know, grew up in the 90s in Chicago. So naturally, you know, Space Jam is my favorite movie. And I remember him Mm -hmm. like I I would like fantasize about meeting him when I was like nine years old. And in said fantasy, I could run into him at like Kmart and he'd be in his Bulls jersey for some reason and be like, you know, fit early 30 something Michael Jordan. But this guy was like in his 50s and wearing a polo that was too tight on him. And this was around the time he had the weird Hitler mustache and he had a tattered Nike hat on. (laughs) I remember during that wedding that night, I looked over at one of my coworkers like, you ever ever had that moment where uh, your childhood hero disappoints you? That's why I never want to meet any of mine. Because, you know, the reality is never as good as you're... Marcus, who who is your hero, Marcus? Like, who are you kind of afraid of meeting because you don't want to bust the myth down? Um, there's a few. There's two. One of them is kind of, like, obscure. Like, if you don't watch soap operas, you don't know who she is. Okay. But Susan Lucci from All My Children. Oh, I know. Erica, Erica. (laughs) (laughs) Erica Kane. (laughs) And, that was and the other one has to be, I think he might be dead. Who? Do you like horror movies like Halloween, Friday the 13th, and The Blair Witch? Well, if you're like me and you do, then you should join me in listening to the Hide and Feel Horrors podcast, where they discuss and review horror movies and horror movie franchises. If you're not listening to the Hide and Feel Horrors podcast, then you're definitely missing out. How are they your hero and oh you God, don't know whether or not they're alive? Brooks. Who? Garth, Garth Brooks? Don't do that. I love Garth Brooks. I don't have anything against Garth Brooks. I'm just I'm just curious I, why. Yeah, I didn't know he liked country music like that. I wasn't yeah, oh, that came out of West music. Field. Because of Garth Brooks. I love Garth Brooks. I my grandmother liked Garth Brooks as well. And she had all his like early albums. Yeah. Garth Brooks is some of the first music I listened to. Weren't he and Faith Hill married for a country. while and they were like a power country couple? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mainly... Oh, really? The from. 90s. Mm-hmm. Why does that not surprise me, though? <laughs> That's a part of the 90s. No, 90s had a bunch of weird shit, including relations with couples, you know. Remember when Dennis Rodman married himself? I remember oh, yeah. that. Can you still do dress that? and all. I remember that. Yes, you can. I'm not sure you were able to Space do that back do. then, but I think he just like did because he's Dennis Rodman and he does what he wants. Yeah. Dennis fucking Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> do you two have any questions for Dan? Oh, I was going to ask, um, how was it interviewing uh, Busy Bone? How was that? Busy Bone who is, is who is that? From Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yeah. He's busy oh, that, bone. that depressing rap group. I'm depressing. Good. No. 
Garth Brooks, but you don't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bone Thugs is too depressing for me. Like I can't. When I think of Bone Thugs, I see the Crossroads video, and I I, I get emotions. I gotta cut he, it off. He does the first fair. verse in the Crossroads song. Yeah, I'm for Marcus because I didn't know who that is either, but I'm just saying it's just funny. Okay, okay. actually, I'm in the same boat because I knew who Garth Brooks was too, so let me shut up. <laughs> Good time. Go ahead, then. Now, Busy Bone is a genuinely good dude. I've interviewed him three times, and I've photographed him twice. Uh, we, we have, like, a nice. fairly decent rapport where, like, if he's in Chicago, I could probably find him. But, uh, I don't know, he, he's very down-to-earth, and he, which struck me as odd because, you know, he has that reputation in the media of being kind of mm -hmm. a dick, and that's just not how he is at yeah. all. Yeah. I, I think he just kind of wants to be left alone sometimes, like everybody else on the planet does. But you would be say, that's surprised so, at just how aggressively so normal he is. But he he's never been anything but good to me. I always I also have a habit of getting like diet advice from him whenever I get to talk to him, which never happens <laughs> on purpose, but it just sort of happens. Like mm -hmm. a couple years ago, he did the show in. Um, just some suburb of Illinois. So it was the first, so I was in the middle of like a whole 30 diet and I was far enough along where I couldn't relapse. I would have felt, uh, I would have felt weird about it. And so it, mm -hmm. it was the first rap show I'd probably ever been to sober. Oh, wow. And, and Busy shows up, we're all backstage and like his couple of openers who he's friends with and a couple of his kids are back there and it's, his kids are rappers too, like pretty decent ones. And they're passing around this, like, bottle of whiskey. And then, you know, Busy kind of, like, offers it to me. I'm like, no, dude, I normally would, but I'm on a Whole30 diet. And he, like, kind of, like, leans forward in his chair. Wait, wait, wait. That's interesting. What is that? I'm like, oh, well, like, it, you know, it's, uh, it's like keto where, you know, you can't have dairy or, you know, bread or alcohol or sugar. Basically anything that tastes good, you can't have it. And he was like, wait, and where did you find out about this? I'm like, Facebook. And, and he like jumps up and goes in for a hug. And he goes, man, good for you. Like you're finding these things on your own instead of, quote, paying White Watchers or some shit like that. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm fairly certain I finished that diet successfully because Busy Bone told me to. Nice. I love that. <laughs> Did you come up with the idea for the radio show? Like or how did that how did that all that come about? I was just like at a very miserable point in my marriage, quite frankly, and I it was just at a point where it's like, man, I don't have anything that's mine. And I brought up the idea to my wife at the time, who just like routinely belittled anything creative that I was doing. And this, like, made me angry to the point where it's like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to become good at it. And the first, like, ten or so episodes of Soul Radio, you could still listen to at any point. But they're just embarrassingly bad. Like, production value. I don't know how to interview. Uh, 
luckily I had some guests who like realized I was in over my head and would just like riff together for a good 10 minutes straight and I didn't have to do shit. But uh, I don't know. I just, it was wound up becoming something I enjoyed. And most of those first couple of years were done within the confines of our shared workplace. You know, where mm. oh. oftentimes okay. while I was on the clock or like on break, there were times when a uh, shout out to Mike, you know, Mike was our team lead at the time. I was like, yo, dude, I got to go do the thing on the empty floor. Um, it might be longer than 30 minutes. Will you cover for me? He's like, got you. I'm like, thanks. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. And so most of those opening monologues and a lot of like the remote interviews in the first two or three years were done in empty conference rooms in that building. Nice. nice. Putting them rooms to work. Oh, absolutely. Right. It's what they it can actually serve a purpose. It's uh, you know, it's what they get for giving us access to other floors when you know we only really need to be on one. True. <laughs> when you you left our shared workspace, were you still were you trying to take the radio like full like make it your full time thing? No, or? no, and I I still haven't, and I'm kind of afraid to because I. I'm afraid of what it would feel like if it became another job where it was something that I had to do. Same with photography. I've never taken on photography as a career because I want it to be something that I associate with enjoyment in my brain. Where like now if I'm doing it for money, I just, I, it becomes, I compartmentalize in my head very involuntarily and like even when I don't want to. So I, I'm a, Afraid that that's probably what would happen if that became a full-time career. Like, I'd rather... That's kind of how I feel about this podcast. How long have you guys been doing this? Like, it looks like you got, you know, a real listenership and a real uh, format going. I'm proud of you, fuckers. Since February? We, yeah, it's we started... Nick and I started in February. Um, we brought Mercedes on about... I think it's been like two months, but we recorded like so many episodes. Mm-hmm. So we're like we've we've been like batching episodes. So yeah, we we've been yeah Mercedes been been with us since I want to say mid September. Yeah, we started in February. That's awesome. And that was on the whim. Like I kind of I kind of had the idea for the podcast since like 2016, but I'm my own worst enemy. Like I talk myself out of everything. Sure. And so I was like, if I do this, I need a co-host to keep me accountable. And I was like, you know what I can do? So I can do this with Nick. So I asked Nick, and then once he once he said, yeah, I'll do it with you, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to back out because now I had someone who wanted to do it with me. Mm-hmm. I, hearing and you guys' been... banter at work was hilarious enough. So, I mean. That's what I thought. That's, that's what I was thinking about when I asked him. I was like, we can do this together. It might as well and, show. Yeah. And then Mercedes, just like she just interjects and just makes it come to life. Come to life. Because she's hilarious. Uh, and she gets passionate too about like the deep, the deep topics. Mm-hmm. I don't say much. I just be listening. Hey. <laughs> you, Everyone you has be, a nice element to the show. You could be like the the woman at uh, like in every radio morning show who's just cackling and being like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> 
if if anyone watches used to watch Regis and Kelly, I'm trying to be like Gelman, who just like sits on the side and just says things every once in a while, like show like a little flashcard and be like, "This is where we at, people." Yeah, you're like uh, Paul Shear, <laughs> or you're Paul Shear, or Kevin Eubanks, or you know any or Chewy. Yes, Chewy. Oh, I love Chewy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Andy Richter, whatever. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I do here. But the radio show, so it's so it started off small, but and then it, it, it's it's grown. How how has that been? Like like watching it grow, watching what people like tune in. Um, it's it's interesting, especially like it, it's definitely brought shit that I'm self conscious about regarding myself to light. Like I've always hated the sound of my own voice, and it's. Uh, that's probably the number one criticism I get from people I don't know who comment. You know, like I have interviews on YouTube, and there are some from like the cast of The Sopranos that have gotten like one hundred and fifty thousand views, and a lot of people will comments like, "Yo, this interviewer sounds gay as hell." Just like, what? Yeah. Well, a- apparently, wow. it it was something. It was something I experienced, you know, as a teenager and something that stopped happening when I wound up in a relationship and getting married. And now that I'm single again, it's starting to like creep back up. People apparently assume I'm gay when they meet me. Is that because of what? Hey listeners, Letters 2 just opened their brand new merch store. We have a lot of amazing, cool designs, including socks and beanies, and some neat limited edition tees. So go shop now while supplies last. The link for the store being in the description. I think it's my, That's rude. I think it's my vocal inflection I'm, and that like I talk with my hands and whatever. I don't give a fuck. If I go drinking in Boys Town, I usually don't pay for things. So like, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> like people can think whatever the you fuck they want me, about me. You don't give me you don't give me gay tees at all. Uh, no, not at all. I mean, you also met me when I was married. I don't don't get into this topic of toxic masculinity because it's really what it all stems from. You have the hyper masculine. Anyone who's not hyper masculine isn't apparently a straight man yeah. but whatever like i'm comfortable enough with myself where i realize how i'm perceived and i just think it's hilarious but uh yeah so that's i don't know like kind of reliving those um initial perceptions only like in text comment form on the internet has been interesting and then just realizing especially when you have like a guest on who's known for things, how little people care about your own craft and people are just there to listen to them, which is kind of a lot of pressure off of me and I'm, I'm totally okay with it. Like I'm totally cool set it like standing back and letting someone who actually has charisma do their thing. I'll totally eat off their fan base. I don't give a fuck. That's the easiest episode to ever like run and edit. Oh yeah, get we just like let the guests just like take control. Get stand-up comedians and like professional radio hosts on your show and you won't have to do shit. <laughs> I mean that is the secret to a good interview. That's just get somebody who can ramble. 
Now, you said you don't you don't see yourself trying to make this make your show, your radio show like your main job. But do you have any ambitions to make it like to grow, to become a big oh, type thing? Oh, absolutely. Like I'm fine with it being successful and I'm fine, you know, occasionally making money off of it and you know, having opportunities to travel and meet people I admire. I am for all of those things. But I I think just like the the pressure of having that being my main pursuit of both income and creativity. I I granted I've never done it before and this is just what I'm assuming would probably happen and I could be completely wrong. But that's that's pretty much what's been holding me back. So should that opportunity ever arise, I'll I'd probably take it. Like I'm not I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. <laughs> yeah, at least try it out. Oh yeah. You know, I I'm willing to try anything at least twice. Now tell us about this mobile food venture you're you're starting up. Um it is what's the name of it again? It uh the name of the truck is gonna be Polly's Cafe. It's gonna be opening uh, June or July of 2022. And uh, before anyone asks, yes, the title of the truck is just a thinly veiled excuse to bring my dog to work because he will be a mascot and it's named after him. But oh, that's cute. That uh, is cute. But yeah, it's going to be uh, coffee, tea, pastries, uh, grilled cheese, tomato soup. Uh, probably going to be open Monday through Friday. I'll close at two in the afternoon every day, be able to, you know, actually spend time with my kids. I spent the last year managing a cafe that wasn't mine, realized I was actually pretty good at it and did kind of enjoy it, but it didn't matter how much longer I worked or harder I worked. Like I didn't see an extra fucking dime off, off of it. So I'd rather... My successes be my successes, my failures be my failures, and just kind of, I don't know, I, I always like the idea of owning something, I always like the idea of not answering to anybody else, I'm, I like to think I'm enough, I'm driven enough and enough of a self-starter where I could get up every day and do what I need to do because I needed to and not because, like, somebody was watching me. How was that process, like? Getting a truck, getting the licenses, coming up with the ideas. I'm in, I'm in the process. How was all that? So the uh, the S Corp exists. Uh, paperwork came back just fine. I have my food service license, my business license for both the state of Illinois and Lake County. It's gonna the truck's gonna be either in Deerfield or Highland Park, where I'm living now. And uh, I actually just purchased an old 1984 uh, Chevy RV that I is now that is currently sitting in the parking lot of my apartment building. Uh, it has a fully functional engine, but uh, I guess the fuel line needs to be replaced. So I'm basically going to be doing what people do with an old RV and turning it into a food truck. Which apparently is okay to me. That all sounds exciting. Yeah, no, and it, it's something I'm gonna get like my kids involved with. They think it's fucking awesome. 
you know, they, they got to come with me when I went to look at the RV initially and they're like seven and eight. So of course they were like, yeah, get it. I'm like, okay. It was but, <laughs> but, like, it was the entire thing for 500 bucks. So I couldn't not do it. Wound up being really lucky in that acquisition. How was it like developing like the menu? Um, like how did you nail down what you wanted to sell? I basically focused on, you know, I, I'm incredibly grateful for the place I spent the last year managing. I learned so fucking much, but one thing I learned was the place never really decided exactly what it wanted to be. And I kind of hyper-focused on the things that worked over there. And that was like coffee drinks and tea drinks and you know, comfort food, and it's all vegan over there. It's not going to be by me, but I'm going to offer vegan options. And and so, like, I don't know. I'm going to, like, offer a small amount of things. I'm going to do it well. If, you know, expanding the menu makes sense down the line, I will consider it then. But I'm not going to try to do all the things at once. I think that's a very smart business move. Yeah, don't try and do too much at once yeah you know we would we would sell you know tea and coffee but we would also carry these like ridiculously expensive handcrafted italian candles which are great but i know that if i'm going in for coffee that's not what i'm looking to buy and those things are going to stay in there even you know a year down the line that sounds like a lot like the radio show, the cafe. Well, it helps, it helps that I have major insomnia. And so I'm able to, I have major insomnia and I don't like sitting still. So that's, those are, that's a benefit is like, I wound up, wind up coming up. Insomnia does help when you're a creative person. I will say that. Though, it's, it's kind of, it's a double-edged sword. Like you're tired all the time during the day, but between the hours of like 9 p.m. and 1 a.m., that's 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 the time to do things. Yep, I do some of my actually I mostly edit this podcast at like 3 4 a.m. That's how you do it. Up all night. <laughs> Absolutely, like your your brain that, that hits the seems... Hmm. All your creative juices are flowing. That's what you better said. take advantage of it. <laughs> <laughs> I walked right into that. One. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's amazing. Just that's just amazing. starting this podcast was a lot for me. Well, you I'm proud to start a radio show. You're, oh, thank you. It's been it's been a while. A lot of work, but it's been fun. I've learned so much. How does Nick doing this podcast? Nick Marcus, how does it feel now that you're basically forced to talk to each other every week? <laughs> you know, you know to say like before we even started the podcast, we were always like texting about stuff we saw on Facebook or yeah. social media in general. So it just now it's just we made a show out of it. <laughs> you guys would and then the same like thing with Sadie's. Like we were having. Yeah, at this point. <laughs> Sadie, 
Faze is just our, our, our friend who's just like, oh, what am I doing with these two fools? Perfect. <laughs> nah, it's been a blast. I enjoy it. It has been. And we, we've, we've been able to interview a lot of interesting people. Um, we did a collaboration with some one other podcasts. Nice. Uh, the, I think the one of the hosts works for Grubhub. So that's been that's been good. We interviewed a mother person. We interviewed a few people who work in Grubhub who are creative people. We interviewed a lot of people that I know personally, that Nick knows personally. It's been it's been an interesting journey. Mm-hmm. The one thing, the saving grace about Grubhub and being there, because when I when I left Grubhub, I wound up working for this logistics company for about ten months, and I wound up getting laid off because I was just the lowest on the totem pole, and everybody else in that department had been there like 15, 20 years. But, you know, over there, it was just, it's so aggressively corporate. And it was the, it was like that stereotype of people at the lamest inside jokes. And then they would all go to Applebee's after and talk about work some more. And it was just fucking miserable. But the saving grace of Grubhub was everybody there hated being there as much as everybody else and everybody had a side hustle and everybody was creative and everybody had bigger aspirations and it was generally understood that the everybody was there to pay the bills until like the next thing and so there was that sense of camaraderie amongst you know one another at that point like i believe in slack but it sounds like you have a lot of great things going for you dan a lot of interesting things popping up. I can't wait to eat at this food truck. I'm excited. You better come out here. Now, are you going to be like stationed at a particular spot or do you plan on like a little traveling? This is all tentative because I'm still figuring out what all the zoning laws are, but I would like to be parked outside of the Deerfield mm-hmm. Metro stop in the morning and then move to the parking lot of like the Deerfield Square like strip mall. For lunch because people will be there's a target there and people will be shopping out there and like ooh a food truck that seems I, I i live in the north shore which is just like i don't know i gotta steal on my apartment but i live with like some of the bougiest old people in illinois and they they love the feel of things that are authentic and like what they perceive to be beneath them. So they'll love a food truck. And I will gladly take their money. That's just all exciting. That's so exciting. Thank you. Thanks for talking to us, Dan. Well, thank you for having me. I do listen to you. When are you, when are you gonna have, when are you gonna have your episodes for your radio show? Um, I mean, I, I upload my episodes sporadically and without warning, but you, uh, I will be uploading a new one this coming week with, uh, Dan Grimaldi from The Sopranos. He played, uh, Patsy Parisi, if you watched the show. Oh, wow. Uh, it, the interview's from a while back, but I, I do keep some in the can just when I feel like releasing some shit, but... Yeah, that'll, today's what, Monday? It'll probably be a Thursday. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram I'm at I'm Dan Carlin, I-M-D-A-N-K-A-R-L-I-N. Uh, I'll add that in the show notes below for everyone so they can go check out Dan. And I'll also add your uh, Instagram for your cafe page. You better. Which I follow because I'm 
I'm patient. I'm patiently waiting. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's basically an account dedicated to pictures of my dog until the thing actually opens. The dog is cute. So He's ridiculous. Okay. He's a little asshole, which Jay did not tell me about, but I love him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank weird. you all so much for listening. Check out Dan's um, radio show, uh, Soul Radio. And stay on the lookout for his cafe. Well, thank you guys for having me. Should we do an intro?